0: Welcome to Love, Learn, Laugh, a podcast from the Brent Specialist Academy Trust. I'm Dean Newby, Head of Communications, and each episode I'll be welcoming expert guests from the world of education as we unpack and discuss a different theme and uncover what our guests have recently loved, learned or laughed about. In this episode, I'm joined by Kelly Gallagher, BSAT Occupational Therapist, Lauren Simmons, BSAT Speech and Language Therapist, and Sankita Fasani, BSAT Family Support Practitioner. We'll be discussing summer fun, activities, communication and behaviour. So, With that, um, if I could ask each of you to briefly describe your role in the context of the theme. Uh, Kelly, I don't know if you want to go first.
1: Yeah, I'll go first. So as Jean said, I'm Kelly um, and I'm one of the Occupational Therapists at Brent Specialist Academy Trust. Um, and so, what I kind of do is, as an occupational therapist, you look at people's everyday activities and kind of help them achieve them. So, within the school setting, that would be helping with self-care activities, um, looking at can they access learning activities and play activities. So that's what I mainly do. And we're going to talk about summer holiday activities. So I'll pass
2: you over to Lauren now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so my, I'm Lauren, and as a speech and language therapist for BSAT, my role is. I guess quite broadly to support pupils to develop a robust and effective kind of communication system so that they can access the things that they want and need they can express their thoughts and ideas and uh, develop and maintain social relationships so in the context of kind of home what we've been doing is really supporting teachers to ensure that the activities that are sent home are appropriate for the child's communication level and are giving that kind of just right challenge for extending their skills. Um, We've been doing liaising with parents over the phone around specific activities or resources that a child might benefit from and also creating content so things like remote training uh, video sessions around particular therapy approaches or themes and additional resources all of which parents can access on the school website. so I'm a family support practitioner
3: (laughs) and my role is mainly to support, advise and share strategies with families to support their children at home and in the community. I also do a lot of signposting to other services in the local area and um, talking about activities today, I um, share lots of activity ideas with parents. Uh, tell them where they can buy resources and um, where to find toys appropriate to their children's uh, level of play.
0: Excellent. So with all of that in mind, uh, what sort of summer holiday activities would you suggest to families of children with SEND?
1: Um, Something that I know all our children love is messy play. That might include like the really messy stuff and more the tactile stuff like Water play. So, I was thinking, some of the things that you could do at home is to keep it interesting and motivating. Try and refresh these ideas by adding in new resources or showing them different ways to play with it. So, example, when you're playing with water, you can add in other items. They'll make it into like a fun car wash or washing dolls, or incorporate tools when you're washing, like toothbrushes and sponges, which also works on developing functional grip patterns but in a more fun way and say when you're playing with water you could even think about freezing items within the water and then you know be in a playful way and helping the child get the items out of the water so helping them escape and this also works on their pretend play and yeah so that's just to keep what they love and refresh it every time so that it stays interesting other things you can do is get them the kids involved in functional tasks so this could be including cooking baking dressing gardening all these kind of things and during the summer holidays it's a lot easier to do it at home because you don't have any time constraints and as you know when you're going to school it's faster to do things for the child instead of wait for them to do it so it's a good time to develop these independent skills. And within these skills, you're also working on the fine motor and gross motor skills, using spray okay. bottles to water plants um, hanging clothes on the line with pegs. So you're working on those fine motor skills. Uh, fun, other fun ways you could do functional tasks is working on dressing skills by dressing up teddies and dressing up mum and dad, using cutlery within play, so within play dough, you could have your knife and your fork or scooping sand with a spoon. As I know, mealtimes can be really stressful. Um, And I know if some kids do struggle with engagement, it might be worth looking at one of our e-conferences on engagement with our autism lead, Amy McNicholas. She gives lots of good tips on how to work on engagement
3: i always um encourage parents to do turn taking games like turn taking games are great fun and they kind of bring the whole family together i mean they can be as simple as passing a or taking turns on like marble run or a car run Um, parents can even try actual board games you know they could possibly start with games that are simple where the waiting time for a turn is short and then slowly build up to like longer waiting times between turns um some popular games that we use at the school are games like pop-up pirate bunny jump and buckaroo i mean they have like that exciting uh, popping element at the end which kids love um these type of games are great for developing social skills and help work on emotions that are attached to you know like winning a game or losing a game Um, other activities that I encourage parents to do are activities that involve movement um, and you know give children some exercise I mean there's things like you can make an obstacle course play football or a sport that your child really likes Um, you could do some yoga you could put on some music and just dance or like kids love playing chase and hide and seek um and if you have no idea at all you could just have a game of follow the leader like you know uh crawl like a cheetah or uh jump like a kangaroo something like that um and if you don't have a garden you can possibly go to your local park take a bike or a scooter and have a little run around um Something else that you could try and do is have days out. Um, you can go visit your local park or playground. You could visit maybe like soft play, like a soft play centre, or go to your local swimming pool. You could you could even have like a day out at the zoo or the farm, just depending on what you think your child will like and how much they can handle as a day trip. So yeah some ideas there
1: um Sangeetha I would just like to say when you're talking about um doing different exercises and the animal walks it sounds like it's such a great idea it's things that we always suggest to parents like fun ways to work on gross motor skills because there's so many different actions you can do with animals which makes those things really fun
3: yeah and that kind of ties in with the yoga because I know at school when the yoga teacher comes in she she kind of demonstrates the uh, yoga positions as in like animals like you know the snake position and like the giraffe position so you know it's something that the children might be familiar with as well
2: and it's all about I think all of the things you guys have been talking about all about fun and actually if you're finding something that's really fun and engaging for your child for me as a speech and language therapist communication yeah. then follows naturally like if a child's really interested motivated and engaged you're going to yeah. get that communication naturally without without kind of having to put more effort into it um it is a different kind of idea i know that many peer- parents i speak to are really keen to be able to share and read books with their children particularly during the holidays when they want to kind of keep that a little bit of structure and kind of adult directed activity and It can be a really fantastic resource um, for exposing children to new vocabulary, um, supporting skills like uh, joint attention. So parent and child both focusing on the same stimuli, um, but also kind of attention and listening skills more broadly. So being able to sit and attend to a structured activity for a set period of time. But I know that a number of parents can also find it really challenging. They feel that their child isn't interested or can't attend for long enough to enjoy a whole book. And, and then the experience just becomes more stressful than calming, really. Um, so I would definitely suggest that parents who are keen to share stories with their children think about employing an approach um, that's called interactive storytelling. Um, that approach is all about really just bringing the story to life. So using props, using repetitive language that a child can join in with, perhaps a novel environment, just to really make the story more interactive and more engaging for a child. Um, and there, again, there are some great examples of interactive stories being told by uh, BSAT staff on the school website or the YouTube channel. Off the top of my head, I think there's mm-hmm. a really great one for uh, that Jane from um, EYFS has done on um, going on a bear hunt. There's uh, a great one for Tiddler. They're some of my favourites. And I think they just they just show you how you can use simple everyday household objects or common toys. So things like a water spray, um, bubbles, cotton wool things like that, just to bring the story to life, Mm. make it more visually interesting and support your child's attention. I think it's also something that um, uh, Kelly's already mentioned, Amy McNicholas, who's our autism lead, speaking about um, in her webinar on engagement. She talks about that in a a bit more detail. So that's available for you to catch up on on the website. But if you are keen to share books with your child during the holidays, have a look at those resources, um, get inspired, Mm. raid your cupboards, (laughs) um, give it a go. Um, I think a lot of parents feel... The pressure, but also, to sort of finish a whole book to read it cover to cover with a child, but really, great story sharing activity could just be really exploring one page together, focusing on it, making it fun, and making it a really appealing experience Excellent. for the
0: child. So, I mean, we've briefly touched upon uh, some of the the barriers um, to learning, and I guess to activities. Um, what are other common barriers uh, that maybe need to be considered when planning activities? <laughs> Um, And how can those barriers be overcome?
2: Yeah, I guess we've spoken a lot about kind of making those activities fun, making them motivating. And one of the common barriers that I often hear in my conversations with families is my child is just not motivated. You know, I've printed out the work that I was meant to do. I've set up this amazing activity and they just don't seem interested in doing it. Um, And that can just be hugely demoralising for families. You know, when you've spent time and effort and potentially money, setting up something and it looks like one of those amazing tough trays you see on Instagram or Pinterest. (laughs) Um, And then they just feel like it's been a waste. Um, And perhaps like even more concerningly, they feel demotivated to try again. And you're naturally thinking, what's the point? Um, And that motivation is sometimes the hardest thing to contrive. But if the buy-in from the child isn't there, if they're not motivated to communicate, then it's just like pulling teeth and it's not a pleasant experience for for the parents or the child. Um, Our head of therapy, Eleanor Cornford, discusses this again in a lot more detail in her communication webinar. So I would definitely recommend catching up on that. It's available on the school website and the YouTube channel. If this is a barrier that you frequently find yourself facing. Um, I think sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. We set up an activity and we have in our heads a very clear idea of how the child should be playing with it or engaging with it. But sometimes just pulling back, offering a choice of activities or observing how a child is engaging with something spontaneously gives us the best opportunity to create that, that kind of irresistible invitation to play and communicate. Um, so by following a child's lead in a play activity, um, meeting them where they are, we find that a child is much more engaged, much more motivated to communicate naturally more receptive to the language that we're using and this often gives us kind of the best start for developing their communication and interactions. I
1: know that Lauren is talking about contriving the motivation for communication but it's the exact same thing when you're doing other activities Mm -hmm. like if you want to work on fine motor, gross motor, handwriting, whatever it is if the child is not interested, you're you're not going to have a very nice experience and you're going to feel like you nearly failed them a little bit. But if you just follow their lead and what they're into and then bring in kind of fine motor or gross motor elements, then you're going to have a lot more successful kind of session with your child and it's going to be a lot more playful and you'll feel like, you know, they're learning something. And Yeah,
2: yeah it's a much more positive yeah, exactly. experience for everyone, isn't it? I think linked linked to this as well is is another sort of similar barrier of feeling like you perhaps don't have the right resource or the right equipment to work on a skill or to run a particular activity. And now Kelly's already touched on this um, when she's spoken about how we can use resources in new and creative ways. Um, but linked to that as well I think sometimes children can be motivated and engaged by the kind of most seemingly (laughs) dull of items and I think we we were thinking about this every parent can relate to that experience of where you've bought the child what you think is like a perfect present and they end up playing with the box or the wrapping (laughs) paper that comes in Um, and children can really be by the most be engaged by the most mundane of resources if we present them in kind of new and interesting ways Um, there's an approach which has been developed and taught by a fantastic speech and language called gina davis who you know we've been fortunate enough to have training sessions for bsat staff um with it's called the curiosity program and it focuses on just exactly that using kind of everyday items bits and bobs that you find around your house to engage and inspire our children so you might for example just find an empty container and fill it with interesting items from around the house. You know, it can be as, as kind of diverse as a a ribbon, uh, some bubble wrap, kitchen foil, the whisk, you know, (laughs) anything. The list list is literally never ending, but then it's all about how you present it. You present it in a really engaging way. So perhaps you make the container look inviting. You refer to it as a treasure chest. You open it up with that, you know, that sense of grandeur and expectation, you explore the items alongside your child and you you kind of mm-hmm. model that intrigue that amazement and um, and just simple changes in the way that we present items to our child even if they seem completely kind of run-of-the-mill items to us it can really capture their imagination yeah i agree with you there
3: And i've done the curiosity program um at school with lots of children and there's been times where i'll be like this child i can't motivate them in any way and then i've just put these <laughs> little boxes out and i've just been amazed at um the little things they've been interested in you know it's just more about how we <laughs> present it isn't it and the, the way uh our mm-hmm. facial expression is and you know the you know just the language we use around it and you know it's it's amazing how how it can capture them i've got um some barrier uh, barriers to talk about that families bring up um quite often um Families who have more than one child often find it difficult to give their uh, attention or to do an activity with the one child. Like in this situation, I would advise parents to think about activities that require the same resources or setup, but like can be played differently by each child. So like, for example, while playing with bubbles, maybe one child could blow the bubbles while the other child pops them or another example is like with a painting activity maybe one child might paint an actual picture while the other uses the paints for messy play or like making handprints um I've also um seen how this can work with like lego or building blocks where one child might build a tower and knock it down while the other might make an actual model or something so you know um just thinking of using the same set of resources, but, you know, seeing how your children will engage in it. Um, another thing you can do is you could also have two sets of the same resources and have children play alongside each other because, you know, you might find both the children uh, play with things in a different way and, and that's fine. long as both of them are engaged, then, you know, you're doing something as a family and uh, you're engaging two children at the same time um and then there's um other ideas like um how children can have a role within an activity um so at school we do a lego therapy where each child have like their own role so one is the architect and they give the instruction and the other is the supplier and you know they give all the correct pieces and then you have the builder who actually makes the model and you know you can do have this role system using many different construction toys so you know think about what, uh, what you have in the house and how you can use that um and you know if there's a child that really finds this hard and you really want to do like a one-to-one session or an activity then you can do this by creating like a holding activity so um that's done where one child um you can give one child an activity you know they really like and will attend to for a long time and while they're doing that you can carry out your one-to-one activity with the
2: other child Mm -hmm. Just on that on, on that Lego therapy as well. Um, that's something that we have a online training session. Um, hopefully, will be available uh, for before the summer holidays. So, so keep an eye out on the website again for that, because um, that goes into that that kind of giving those uh, differentiated roles goes into that in a little bit more detail. Um, but it's a really great idea, as Sangeeta says, for when you've got kind of multiple siblings and you want to kind of differentiate an activity yeah. to involve everybody.
1: Um, Another barrier that um, might be when you're planning activities or if you're going somewhere is transitioning and going out and about in the community. So this might be a problem, especially after the coronavirus, when kids are not used to going out right now and they're used to staying inside. Um, So some strategies that uh, we use at school when we're going out and about in the community and transitioning just into different places around the school include social stories uh, or visual schedules so preparation is very important so it's showing and telling the child exactly what is happening where they're going and what is expected of them or using things like a, a now next board, where now is the activity and um, that they might not want to do for example um, if they're in the park and they don't want to leave the park so now it's time for home and then put next a really motivating activity or a favorite activity so that Once they have left the park, they get one of their favorite things, which is their favorite toy or iPad or whatever. And it's important to pair going home with a really fun activity. So home is um, exciting and they would want to leave the park because they know they're going to get something fun afterwards. Um, And then using behavior strategies such as maintaining the demand. So if you say no, you have to maintain that you've said no, waiting the child out trying to keep as calm as possible and use your visuals to support so use your visual schedules to show them that the park is finished or now it's time for home and what's going to happen next. One of the behaviour webinars was held by Emily Williams so that is a good thing to view as well if you're having trouble with behaviour around transitioning or going out and about in the community. Um, it's also important to talk about and validate how the child is feeling so you can say I know you're really upset because you don't want to leave the park and so that they know that it is a valid reason to be upset but now it's time to go home or wherever it is you're going. Um, a program that we use uh, at BSAT um, to help with this is Colour Zones of Regulation. So it's a program designed for kids who have difficulty regulating their emotions and arousal levels. Um, and I think we'll talk about it later, but we are in the process of designing a presentation for it to go up on the website that will go through um, this program in more detail and how you can support your child to develop um, self-regulation skills.
2: I think, like like Kelly's saying, those those kind of moments of transition are particularly difficult sometimes during the holidays because during school and term time, children have got a very clear and familiar routine that is consistent um, and that helps them understand their world. In the holidays, that routine kind of goes out the window. So sometimes we have to put other things in place. So things like the visuals that that Kelly has discussed to to really scaffold them and make sure that they can cope with that that kind of change. Uh,
0: With all of that in mind, uh, what additional support or more information about other services and activities um, are available to listeners?
2: I think well well whilst, whilst kind of lockdown has been a real challenge for everyone one of the really positive things that's come out of it is that we now have a really kind of broad range of online resources and trainings that we can direct parents to and I would definitely direct listeners to the range of kind of online training videos that the speech and language therapy team have put together I've mentioned quite a few in passing now but we also have training videos on uh, blanks levels of questioning, um, which gives information on how you can ensure you're asking children questions at the right level for their verbal reasoning skills. We have a fantastic training session on um, smile therapy, which is an approach um, which is all about kind of developing and generalizing functional uh, kind of language skills out and about in the community. And the summer holidays provides the kind of ideal time to work on those. Um, still things that we're working on at the moment, but we'll be with you before the summer holidays. We have training videos coming, which are looking at kind of keyword instructions. So how you can ensure that you're giving children instructions at the right level for their kind of understanding and to develop and extend their receptive language skills. Uh, Lego therapy, which Sangeeta has already touched upon um, and adult child interaction. So this is all about how we can adapt our interaction style to really maximize the opportunities for communication and connection. Um, so there really we kind of support for choice. There really is a wealth of information out there for you to access remotely during the holiday. Um, just like the
1: speech and language team, the occupational therapy team has also done um, some training. So on the website at the minute, we have um, the handwriting approach that we use at school is called ABC Boom. So one of our occupational therapists has done a presentation on that, and it just goes through how you can support handwriting at home and making it fun and motivating. Uh, and like I said earlier, we will have a zones of regulation one up before the summer holidays.
3: And um, other places where families can get some more information and support are Brent Local Offer. Brent Local Offer is like a directory of information and services available for children with SEN and their families living in Brent. And their website is brent.gov.uk slash local offer. And then there's Brent Parent Care Forum. They are like a charity and a support group for families with children with SEN. And their website has lots of useful information on services available locally and um, the sort of uh, charities that can help families in general. And their website is printpcf.org, And then we have our BSAT e-conference webinar sessions. Um, the links can be found um, on our school website. And um, like they've been mentioned quite a bit today, uh, there's <laughs> a focus on communication and interaction, engagement and behaviour. So please have a look at that.
1: Another one um, I forgot to mention was we also have in the process is a fun with food um, training. I know a lot of Parents say that their kids are very fussy eaters, and they don't really know what to do, and they'll only want, you know, dry foods or a certain type of foods. So this is just a fun way to play with your food. I suppose the idea is that it's to play with food in, you know, a low demand situation. So you're not putting demands on them to touch the food or to eat it or anything like that. It's to work on them tolerating it, touching different textures in a playful way and to increase their confidence to eventually eat it if they if they want to so that is also going to be coming
0: before we move on to our final segment does anyone have any closing thoughts so a piece of advice um, holiday activities
2: um for me um as a speech and language therapist it would be to focus on the interaction so don't worry too much about having the right activity or the right equipment the perfect resource um by following your child's lead getting down to their level joining in with their play right where they are and modeling responsive and engaged communication to them you are going to be doing all you need to do to develop their interaction skills so (laughs) I guess you are enough (laughs) focus on just sharing sharing that experience with them enjoying the interaction and communication more naturally um
1: for me similar to to what Lauren said you don't need special or specific resources to work on your child's fine gross motor skills or independent skills because you can do this within your everyday tasks and during the summer holidays you have lots of different times to work on these skills you know in when there's no time constraints and so yeah just do your everyday tasks and try and make your child as independent independent as possible and have fun with it
3: my advice for families is similar um it's to enjoy the weather enjoy their time together and stay active um just you know don't put too much pressure on yourselves, and enjoy the free time that you have with your children
0: that's brilliant thank you very much guys our final segment is your love learn laugh in which each guest will discuss or briefly mention something that they have loved, learned, or laughed about recently. So let's start with you, Kelly.
1: For me, um I have laughed a lot about making videos for the web the school website, because this is something that, you know, I'm not used to doing <laughs> even <laughs> for this podcast as well. But I just know how important it is for our families, um, especially during, you know, lockdown and during this time. So now over to you, Lauren. <laughs>
2: Um, on a similar vein, really, one thing that has really made me laugh and I've had quite an emotional response to has been watching um, our school staff doing some of the Makaton sign videos that we've put out there recently. So Rebecca May, who is um, a member of the speech and language therapy team and is a fantastic Makaton tutor, has created these sort of tutorial videos for a couple of songs. We've got I think at the moment we've got Unbreakable and we've got We're All In This Together. Um, these were sent out to kind of some of the staff at BSAT and they've recorded themselves kind of signing along to some of the um, to some of the songs and kind of compiled it into a little music video and like I mean I'll be frank and say that the threshold for me crying <laughs> is very low. like I, I'm a big I'm a big emotional responder but like watching that really it made me well up like I just felt really proud of, of, you know being a member of the team and um, the fantastic work that the staff have been doing Um, and like Kelly said just kind of putting themselves out there giving it a go doing all these kind of video stuff that is kind of all very innately kind of awkward for us Um, but definitely give them a watch and I think if you if you are a parent and you're listening give them a watch with your kids because they will love seeing familiar members of staff kind of singing along and dancing Um, they're great fun. Oh, sorry. Um, On to second. I've loved
3: how creative parents have been and how hard they have worked to recreate activities suggested by school staff. Um, they've shared some lovely videos and photos with me, and like Lauren, they've brought lots of different emotions out. (laughs) Um, and I'm just so happy (laughs) to see how hard parents have worked.
0: That's brilliant. Thank you very much, guys. Love, Learn, Laugh is a podcast from the Brent Specialist Academy Trust and is recorded and edited using the Anchor podcasting app. For more information about the Brent Specialist Academy Trust, visit our website bsat.london or find us on social media via bsatlondon, that's B-S-A-T-L-D-N.